You can't see me right now, but I'm doing my rock on hands. It's an interesting song choice, Dan. You know, it's one of those days where as we start out this week, we finish week three, we, we're coming off a high note, we're living the life, and then we get the Tennessee news, and everybody gets a little scared. So I figured nothing wrong with a little disturbed, down with the sickness to start the podcast off. And I mean, let's just let's just get it rolling, man. Heck yeah. In this week's episode, we're going to, now that it's we're through three weeks, um, believe it or not, we're almost a quarter of the way through the fantasy football regular season, which is crazy. Um, but you know, with that said, like now we can start to sort of see some trends. We can start looking at some results and really biting our teeth into that. So we've got a few things that we're going to go through and we're going to kind of debate whether we believe it or not. Then we're going to do our first batch of power rankings and look at the teams on reverse order where they sit and just kind of maybe give a quick thought on how that team's looking or maybe what's immediately pressing on their minds of moves to do potentially and of course we'll finish up with the matchups of the week and um yeah i think that covers it uh how was your week three dan (laughs) you know look looking at it so i play in five leagues there was i went into the week i was gonna i felt good about winning two matchups and i was gonna lose three and sure as shit i won two matchups but the problem was is i went through and i lost a match that i shouldn't have and won a match that i shouldn't have and god bless patrick mahomes for that yeah, he kind of giveth and tooketh for you in two leagues. It was it was crazy, but you know what? I, I tell you what, what a great game to watch. These three weeks have been absolutely fantastic. We've seen explosive teams. We've seen teams that have disappointed. We've seen players that have over-indexed. We've seen players that have disappointed. This is truly what fantasy football is about. I think it's great that we get to embody this kind of feeling as we go through this whole COVID piece. I agree with that. And let's kind of just jump right into it and piggyback off those disappointments. Um, the first one we're going to look at with these, they're not really by ourselves, but just topics. Um, let's talk, let's talk about Kevin's team and specifically his quarterbacks. His quarterbacks are Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones, and Sam Darnold. And do you want to guess where those quarterbacks are for rankings right now? I can't imagine they're going to be all that great. So Matthew Stafford, Stafford is QB 22. Uh, Daniel Jones is QB 31. And Sam Darnold is QB 35. That is not a typo. I am aware there's only 32 teams in the NFL, but Sam Darnold is 35 on the list. Yeah, Sam Darnold sucks, and that's a (laughs) rough piece to it. So instead of just throwing out a random statement, my question is, though, can Kevin make the playoffs with with that group of quarterbacks in the Superflex League? It's it's tough because these are the guys that you count on to be the backbone of you're scoring every week. Now, with that being said, Derrick Henry's been absolutely fantastic through three weeks. Yep. Calvin Ridley's been the king of garbage time touchdowns. Hunter Henry's been what he hopes to be in in L.A. with, especially with Justin Herbert finding him the ball. Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay comes back, puts up 17 points this week. But you can't feel good. So to answer your question, I think, yes, Kevin can do it with some of the players that I've named. Mm-hmm. But if you're Kevin, this is going to be an aneurysm waiting to happen and a heart attack that's sitting on your left arm every single week. Do we need to see like Matthew Stafford, like or someone rebound, or do you like believe he can? I think the guy that rebounds needs to be Daniel Jones. Okay. Matthew Stafford gets an additional bump here with getting Kenny Galladay back, and that helps Kevin with a stack play in his lineup. Daniel Jones has been absolutely freaking awful 
17 points in week one against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then his last two weeks, he had he put up 13 combined points. Uh-huh. He had more points in week one than he did in week two and three with it. Now he goes into playing the Rams, playing the Cowboys, and playing Washington. All a little bit more favorable matchups, I would say. But this is where Daniel Jones really has to truly shine in these next three weeks for Kevin to continue to have a shot in where he stands in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think short of, or he needs to have a top, I don't know, 16 quarterback on his roster. So either someone needs to step up or he needs to do a trade. Um, the supporting pieces I think Kevin has is good enough by me, by all or by any means. Um, particularly, I mean, Robbie Anderson um, is I I think people maybe might be a little surprised with how productive he's been so far for Carolina. And then of course, um, you know, Antonio Gibson, Kelvin Ridley. I think those are two guys that Kevin maybe didn't count on. Um, for this year being as elite, well, in Calvin Ridley's case, being as elite as he is, and for Antonio Gibson, maybe producing right away for the Washington football team. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at with him. I, I don't think as is, though, he can make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, this whole division is a shit show, and we'll get into that a little bit later here as we go through power rankings and everything, but you don't feel really comfortable with it, but I don't think with the pieces you have, you can feel super shitty. Well, let's move on to the next one, and we're going to actually stick with Kevin's team, and we're going to talk about Kelvin Ridley. Would you believe it if I told you Kelvin Ridley is the number one wide receiver in fantasy through three or three weekends? Understanding that the team that he plays for and Julio Jones has been banged up, I would say no. But the Falcons in their games have been just fucking nightmares. Oh, yeah. And everything. And this has been a very beneficial thing for Kevin each week. And I know Kevin was talking shit in a couple of the messages that we had there that he was going to put up X amount of fantasy points and all this fun stuff. But it's hard to deny that this guy's really kind of grown favor with Matt Ryan. Yeah, so, I mean, right now he's wide receiver one. Do you think he has what it takes to finish as, you know, a top five wide receiver? Are we seeing kind of like a Chris Godwin extent, like where he does it for the first few weeks, but then it continues all season? I don't think it's going to continue all season. Now, with that being said, Dan Quinn hasn't been fired yet, so yep. God only knows what's going to happen here. The health of Julio Jones continues to remain questionable. So right now, as it sits, I don't have much to say against it. Now, I understand I'm a Hayden Hurst owner. I really hope that a lot of the targets shift over from Calvin Ridley to Hayden Hurst. <laughs> but you've got, but for Kevin, I talk the shit, man. He's getting the, he's getting the targets. He's doing his thing. Do I think it's sustainable at the pace that he's going? No. Do I think we're going to see a massive fall off? No. I think Kevin's in a good spot with the team that Calvin really plays for, the type of offense that gets run, and where the direction of we can't be 0-3 right now and score the most score more points than some of the 3-0 and teams. So you're out on top five. What about top ten? I say top ten. I'll okay. give you top ten. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I would give you top ten. I think top five is a little ambitious, but um, – you know, if Julio's injury lingers, if Matt Ryan keeps passing as much as he has been, he can definitely support, I mean, two top-tier wide receivers like we saw with Jameis for, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So. Yeah, Matt Ryan, 54 pass attempts in week one, 36 in week two, 38 in week three. Yep, they, it's not... they go two Green Bay at home against Carolina and two Minnesota for the next three weeks. 
their defense is not good, so those passing attempts are going to be continuing. Neither is their special teams. No, not at all. Um, all right, let's go with another one. And for my money, this has to be the most surprising rookie, I think, in the season. James Robinson, right now, is, why, or is the running back seventh. Running back seven in scoring. Um, with that said, I mean, do you think he has what it takes to finish as an RB1, a top 12 running back? It's interesting because there's some decent names that are hurt at the running back position. Obviously, yep. we're not getting Saquon back. Nope. Christian McCaffrey should come back. Four to six weeks yep. with it. I'm going to say yes. I think this is I – th- I, I think I'm going to buy into the hype around what Robinson's doing. That offense is – he helps alleviate the pressure on the, the Minshew mania, which kudos mm-hmm. to Big Ruth for Minshew's hammer. Um, really <laughs> low-key dick joke in there. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I think I think he can do it. I think the kid's got a lot of talent. He's got breakaway speed in some of it. He's really running well. And momentum, as we know, is pretty fucking contagious with it. So, yes, I think I think he finishes the top 12 running, running back. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with it. I mean, I think the Thursday night game was the first time I saw him, like, um, for extended periods of time. And, I mean... He kind of looks like he passes the eye test. I was surprised to see how much he was involved in the passing game um, with those dump-offs. Um, obviously, Chris Thompson's still there. It'll be interesting if his role changes at all with the running backs coming off the IR list and, you know, Raquel Armstead and, you know, Devin Zigbo. I don't think it will, but, I mean, that's always a possibility. But, yeah, I, I'm in. I think he's going to be a top 12 running back. I mean, you look at the guys behind him, yeah, I think he's going to get passed by you know, maybe a Josh Jacobs, maybe a Nick Chubb, a Derrick Henry, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But after that, I mean, 11, 12, I mean, 13, Like, I think he's going to be right in that range. Yeah, I think that's a, a very interesting piece there. And it's, yeah, I, I like what he's putting together in Jacksonville as the train drives by my house. <laughs> All right, well, now, I mean, maybe another kind of equal surprise is at the tight end position. We've seen... You know, we've got the usual suspects, but there's a few that are ascending up the ranks. And through two weeks, tight end two and tight end three are none other than Jonu Smith and Noah Fant. Um, if you had to pick zero, one, two, both of them, um, how many of them are going to finish as top five tight ends this year? I think that as we go here, I think both of them are going to be top six tight ends. <laughs> Okay. I'm saying that they're, they're TE2 and TE3. I think we're going to see a little fallback from Noah Fant. Noah Fant is getting his third different quarterback to start the year this year. Yep. Which you really, really can't feel good about. But with that being said, Jonu Smith has proven week after week to do it, and Noah Fant continues to be one of the most reliable weapons in that offense. Um, as a young quarterback, a guy that – that has issues coming into an offense, a tight end is always going to be your best friend. I, I think they're top six guys. I think only one of them. Um, Which one? If I had to pick, I guess I would go Noah Fant just because when you look at Jonu Smith, the offense you assume, you know, just assuming, it's got to change some when A.J. Brown gets healthy. Um, so I guess that would be my pick. Um, you look at some of the tight ends behind him. I mean, I think 
Darren Waller will pass one of both of them eventually. Zach Ertz, like now with the um, Dallas Godert injury, you know, potentially being out a few weeks a month, that's going to change kind of the dynamic. And I think we're going to see Ertz rise up the rankings once yet again. Um, so I, I read something interesting today just because you yeah, brought it up. Do you go think Zach Ertz poisons or intentionally tries to hurt his teammates so that he gets up the target share? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's, I mean, Zach Ertz is, he, you know, he's not the Frank Gore running backs, but he's a Frank Gore running backs in the sense that I think he just keeps showing up and people keep wanting to write him off. And he's obviously much more talented than Frank Gore maybe has ever shown in his career. But, you know, we in the dynasty, I think, like community, the mindset, we're always quick to crown the next person. And even without the Dallas Godard injury, I think, I still think it's, going to be another year or two before that changes and the fact that an injury is happening now i mean that all but supplants it for this year it's going to be the earth show for another season yeah i think i think Hertz is poised to to be the guy over there in philly so um okay so you think both are going to be top six if you had to pick one to finish higher than the other who would it be i think Noah fan finishes higher okay um all right then last quick one um through three weeks, the top um, highest point scorer at each positions are Russell Wilson at quarterback, Alvin Kamara at running back, Kelvin Ridley at wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey at tight end. Right now, gun to your head, you got to pick one of them that will finish the year the highest, you know, at the maybe the number one position. Who's it going to be? So as fantasy projections, or not projections, but actual stats finish, Russell yep. Wilson has a nine-point lead over Josh Allen and a 15-point lead over Patrick Mahomes. Alvin Kamara has a almost – oh, it's almost a full 30 points yep. over Aaron Jones. Wide receiver-wise, Calvin Ridley's up just shy of seven points over Tyler Lockett and just shy of seven points over DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And then Travis Kelsey is up just shy of six points over John U. Smith and almost a full 10 points with Noah Fan. So I'm going to say immediately Calvin Ridley is not that guy. I agree. Lockett, Hopkins, Diggs, who got injured this week, or not injured, uh, that was Brown with that. But those three guys, I think, are going to catapult Tyreek Hills there. DK Metcalf shelled six points of his fantasy standards <laughs> because fuck him. That's just how that life works. Uh-huh. Um, Quarterback-wise... As much as I want to say it's Russell Wilson, it's not Russell Wilson. The The quarterback piece between Allen, Mahomes, Prescott, and Murray, all within 22 points as it sits there, I think at the moment Russell Wilson's the MVP, but I don't think he finishes as the number one quarterback in there. Tight end Travis Kelsey absolutely finishes at number one. That's there. As much as I – Alvin Kamara, yep, 30, almost full 30 points, I'll take – I put all my money on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue just because of the position he plays and, you know, what we've seen that he's been able to do for the last three to five years at the position. Yep. Um, short of injury, I'm with you. I think it's Travis Kelsey. If you had to choose between Kamara and Wilson, who I would, would it be? I would say fini- or Kamara finishes the most. I would be guaranteed to finish at number two. Wilson at three. And then... Ridley at four. Ridley four. Mm. 
I think I'm. I think I would swap Wilson and Kamara just because I think Kamara's value is being insanely inflated right now without Michael Thomas. Um, which hey, I mean he's producing and he's getting that lead. Don't get me wrong, but it's only in three weeks. Uh, if Michael Thomas comes back this week or next week, I think we're not going to see Kamara get like the thirteen receptions in yeah. one game. I mean, but it's thirty points that has to be made up on him. I don't think you're gonna. I think it'll take maybe six or seven weeks to watch one of these guys try and get close to him. I mean, I don't know if that's... I mean, it's such small sample size. I mean, we saw Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara both put up over 40 points. Patrick Mahomes just put up 40 points. Yeah, don't it's, fucking say that name. <laughs> it's, it, it's small sample size alert. So, I mean, I, I the lead, I don't think, is all, matters all that much um, from my perspective for those two guys. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. So I, I would be curious. Who would you say is your MVP then thus far through the entire? So let's let's we'll go we'll go NFC and AFC. Pick me an MVP right now, whether it's fantasy wise or true season that you would say this is the guy that's the best in this division. Hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, I think I think for the AFC, if you go MVP wise. It's hard to go away from Josh Allen, just what we've seen. Um, given what he's done, you know, for three weeks, he's been very consistent with his production and it hasn't tapered off. You know, we can say that the schedule was maybe easy to start, but, you know, the Rams team is very tough and they dominated in that first half. And when things got close, he took them down the field at the end of the game to, you know, secure the lead and the victory. So I think he would be the guy both in fantasy and real life. Um, Patrick Mahomes might give him a run for his money and almost certainly will, but for right now, that's the guy. In the and the NFC, I think it's a little bit difficult. I think Russell Wilson is the real life MVP, but I think for fantasy, I mean, it's hard to argue against Alvin Kamara just because like you kind of alluded to how much ahead he is than the second running back. Um, he's single handedly like dominating for Stefan's team and you know propelling him um, up the leaderboards. Um, so those would be the two guys. I mean, a lesser guy that, I mean, we haven't mentioned, um, I think would be, who am I looking for? Got to look at my rankings. I mean, DK Metcalf, I mean, almost being like a top five wide receiver is pretty crazy and it looks very sustainable just because of how good Russell Wilson has been so far. So that might be my, I guess, maybe surprise player. Yeah, I think it's I, it's hard to argue against the Josh Allen pick in the, in, in the AFC. It, it's a guy that's understanding I've been riding the hype train just because I own him in multiple different leagues. But he's put together over 300 yards in all three games. It's finally come true, over 401 of them. Um, just really exciting kind of player. But I like Cam Newton. Cam Newton's done amazing things over in New England. They, they one play away from being three and all right. Yeah. With mm-hmm. that, that's just just crazy to think about. Um, the guy I want to give a shout out to that that I think low key is is there is the guy that's sitting in second in fantasy points, and that's Aaron Jones. No Devonte Adams. He's really shouldered a workload to go through and do it. Sixteen carries in week one. Eighteen carries in week two. Sixteen carries in week three over 60 yards in each of those different pieces found the end zone at least once each time two receptions at minimum in each game um just big fantasy outputs from from aaron jones with no Devonte adams and really no offensive weapons outside of a 
a guy that's had a pulled hamstring for the last game and a half. So I, I think Aaron Jones needs a little love. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. He's he, he's picked up right where he's left off. I mean, people thought the touchdowns wouldn't be sustainable, but so far they look pretty sustainable. So the last question I'll ask you here is yeah. before we move on to power rankings, are you surprised that he hasn't gotten a contract signing yet? A little bit, but then again, I remember the Packers just drafted a quarterback in the first round and a running back in round two, so oh, right. who the hell knows what their front office is thinking. Fuck you all, you Packer fans. But, I mean, Aaron Jones deserves a contract. I mean, I, I think at this point, it's you know the argument was, oh, if Aaron Rodgers makes this running back and this running game go because he's such a threat. Aaron Rodgers is still good, don't get me wrong, but Aaron Jones is a damn good playmaker and you know he he's he'd be successful anywhere yep i agree all right let's move on then and let's go to power rankings um so what we did for power rankings is dan and i each made our own ranking you know list um we did it by ourselves we looked at it after the fact and we were like yeah we have some differences and then we had a computer ranking which is just basically an online um, composite of like over 20 to 50 experts um and the rest of the season's um rankings of our rosters um so all those three rankings then were combined to a uh, cumulative set of rankings and we're going to go through in reverse order those teams so starting at number 12 to surprise of absolutely no one in this league is jerry well according Uh, to the computer it was a bit of a surprise it was a little bit of a surprise but it was a close surprise I just think when you look at Jerry's team, it's, it's hopes and prayers. Now, Jerry's yep. got to be excited with DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Zach Pascal, K.J. Hamler, LaVisca Chenault. Zach Pascal. fantastic with that. Okay, not Zach Pascal. I was going to say, this is like... Sorry. I, just, I got excited reading down the list. Okay, fair with enough. It. LaVisca Chenault, though, I think is the really, really exciting piece for Jerry. That he, he It's the DK Metcalf from last year. A guy that's getting all the all the attention here. With it, T. Higgins finally had a breakout game. Um, so for Jerry, you've got a ton of young wide receiver talent. Yes. Outside of that, it's shit. It is. Um, but, but, but I tell you what, if Jerry finishes in last, he gets to pick number one overall with it, which is fantastic. That's a great way to improve some of the pieces with it. Absolutely. Um, but and he's got another up. first round pick right now. Actually, two more first round picks, I believe. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's three total. Three. Which so, I think the other two, as they said, are picking 11 and 12. So not overall great, but it's still rebuilding pieces. It's still early for this, that, but yeah. Um, yep. Two later but, picks. But, yeah. I mean, when we look at his team, you mentioned the wide receivers. They're all great. I mean, it's headlined by DK Metcalf. You know, I don't believe you mentioned it, but A.J. Brown, he's been injured all year, so we haven't really had a chance to see him. But he's still on the squad, and, you know, a lot of people have high hopes for him. But... Let's talk about his two quarterbacks. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Nick Foles. I mean, Fitzpatrick, whenever he plays, he produces. Yep. And Nick Foles, I mean, yes, it was against the Falcons, but he looked very competent and very capable in the second half of that game. Um, if you're Jerry, I mean, you gotta. your goal has to be shipping at least one of those guys, ideally both, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think and you can charge the pretty penny for him if somebody doesn't want to pay the pretty penny maybe you take a small little sacrifice with it but you do control a lot of the leverage here and oh for sure desperate quarterback teams yeah we talked about kevin sorry to interrupt but we talked about kevin's team i mean if he had ryan fitzpatrick 
I would feel a lot more confident about mm-hmm. his team. Um, I mean, even Nick Foles, I think you could make a case he might be the best quarterback on Kevin's roster right now, or at least maybe a 1A, 1B situation with Matthew Stafford. Yep, I, I agree, and I think that's you know one of those pieces that, that you definitely look at shelling. I think maybe you can move a young wide receiver, potentially in a, in a boomer bust like a T. Higgins or a LaVisca Chenault. But again, this is where you build your team around. So, but I, I, yeah, I think Jerry arguably comes in at the 12 position for our power rankings. Yes, it's, I mean, like you said, the computers had a slight disagreement with the next team on the list. The computers actually had Armand as the last team. And you and I both had him in 11. He checks in at number 11. How are you feeling about Armand's team? Um, well, he no longer has Mitchell Trubisky, which <laughs> kind of sucks. Um, Swift is fantastic. Cooper Cup is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy Watkins has been decent through the first one. Adam Humphreys has, I think, been a super important piece to the Tennessee offense. With it. Then you move into Alan Lazard, who had a great week last week with the disappearance of, of Devontae uh, Adams because of the hamstring. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins, I don't know how long he's going to have a starting job Yeah. with it, which is kind of there, but – we're waiting on two a time, you mm-hmm. know, as it sits. Saquon injury kind of sucks. Zach Moss being out kind of sucks with it. Alshon Joffrey being out kind of sucks with it. Um, Robert Tunyon's actually looked pretty decent with it. But outside of that, there's not anybody else. Yeah, I mean, it's I can definitely see why some people might think he's the, the worst team right now. Um, the Barkley injury sucks. I mean... It helps in the sense that it makes his team suck more for um, potential points and all that good stuff because he wasn't making the playoffs with the healthy Saquon. Um, But, I mean, it really, I think this team, it hinges on, you know, Tua. Is Tua going to be like what we've seen from Joe Burrow, which looks like a franchise quarterback? You know, the glimpses we saw from Justin Herbert. um, Or just Justin? I'm blinking on names. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we got to see what Tua does. I mean, Swift, it's hard to say that he's been good because of the team that he plays on that's giving Adrian Peterson the bulk of his carries. Um, not to say that Swift sucks by any means, but the Lions are a headache right now. And mm-hmm. is this going to actually be a team that can support a fantasy running back? Or if, for whatever reason, reason Patricia keeps his job, is this going to be like, the New England Patriots, and it's a who's who, your guess is as good as mine, is who the relevant running back is going to be for that game. Um, Cup is good, but I mean, do you maybe consider trading Cooper Cup? Um, Is he someone that is going to be viable when Armand's team is hopefully ready to compete? I'm not sure. I think if that was me, maybe I would consider trying to move Cooper Cup um, because, I don't know. I, I think... I, here's what I'll say. I agree that Armand right now should be the 11th ranked team, but I also would say that out of, you look at some of these bottom ranked teams, Jerry will mention another team next. I think his future might look the bleakest by a smallest amount, but it's got a slightly higher floor because of some of these other vets that he has, you know, the Saquon Barkley and I mean, Cooper Cup to an extent, but it's a risky game. Yeah, I, I think moving Cup helps you in the potential point scheme with it. Um, 
I think moving Cup for the right price is definitely something that would definitely be considered. Yeah, we've talked about potential points a few times. Um, as of right now, Jerry is leading um, the race for the right to draft Trevor Lawrence. But Armand isn't that far behind, only 14 points. So, I mean, this could be a very, very close race. Um, and, you know, obviously you want to get fair value in a trade. But if you can guarantee getting a pick that, I mean, this is, Trevor Lawrence is up there. Like, this is a top tier, like, prospect ever, you know, for the last, like, 20 years. There's only a couple of prospects that are better than him from a fan from a dynasty perspective yep. especially in superflex so we might see both these teams and maybe some other teams try to get creative to have a chance to draft him yeah and i think the, the question becomes interesting is do you sell him maybe a little bit short yeah to guarantee the fact that you're going to get the best optimal position to i've you know we're in another league together and we definitely see some teams that are angling up for that and mm-hmm. it's a strategy that i know some people maybe don't like but it's perfectly viable for our league because dynasty is not just about the short term it's about playing sort of the long-term game and if that's the route that you want to go with your team it's from my perspective it's a completely fair strategy it's your money spend it how you chose absolutely um let's continue with the 10th team and i feel like these first three teams were very consistent across the board for all of us um and that's going to be sam checking in at number 10 yeah, a lot of young players, but we knew this coming in here that we were going to see which guys were going to produce and which guys were not going yep. to. James Robinson absolutely, absolutely has shown that he's going to produce with it. Jerry Judy shows he's going to produce. CeeDee Lamb shows he's going to produce. Joshua Kelly is being utilized very well in that in that backfield with the Chargers. Chase mm-hmm. Claypool's shown signs of excitement. Joe Burrow signs, I think, looks very good for being in a Cincinnati offense. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love's going to get opportunity potentially down the road. Jalen Hurts, I think, maybe is closer than a lot of us think. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help advantage. Sam's other quarterback that he was hopefully counting on yeah, in Carson which, Wentz. I mean, but you bank the fact that you've got Carson Wentz which, yep. uh, with that. But you got a guy like Josh Jacobs. Got to be excited about part of that. Mm-hmm. You've got Joe Burrow. That's the only other piece I can think you can be excited about. That Cam Akers obviously being out kind of sucks a little bit. Um, you know, Debo Samuel not being in there kind of sucks. But these are guys that you continue to get excited about this. And obviously, Marquise Goodwin opted out for the entire year. Troutman hasn't been utilized, but Jared Cook's been fantastic. Foster Monroe caught a touchdown last week. A lot of upside pieces, but you're not getting anything right now from at least most of these guys that you can be overly consistent with. But again, for Sam, I think that's an encouraging piece. You don't really want to do as great as it is. Um, obviously, you have the statistics around potential points. I would be curious how far Sam potentially is ahead of Armand in in that piece to to try and close the gap with it. But I think Sam's got a lot of fun pieces that a couple years down the road are going to be very, very good. Yeah, so as of right now, Sam is going to be chalking in at third for potential points. You know, he'd have the third overall draft pick if the draft was held today. Um, and he is, it looks like about 43 points behind Armand for second, and then 57 points behind Jerry for the first pick. It's possible. Um, I think unlikely with Sam's team, but you know, Chris Godwin is supposedly going to be out a few weeks now, and that is going to impact Sam's team. Um, and we'll see. Sam, of course, is not afraid to wheel and deal, and I think some of these rebuilding teams could maybe 
I don't want to say learn a lesson, but maybe take the same approach in that aspect because if they're not going to, if the player's not going to be helping you two, three, four years down the road, depending on when your window is, I'd consider moving them. So we'll see what Sam has up his sleeve and if he does maybe move any potential players on his roster and how that impacts him down the line. Um, in addition to these players, though, Sam has five draft picks coming up, five first round picks in 2021. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how this draft looks um, just because of the whole COVID impact and how many games we get to see these guys play and how many even end up playing just from opting out and all that stuff. Um, right now it looks good on paper. I mean, tight end in particular looks very stacked. So that's a weak spot for Sam. So he's got to be excited by that, but it's also very deep at quarterback. So Sam's got to be real great short-term by the results, but also long-term because he still has a lot more bullets that are yet to be fired. Yep. I agree. All right. Moving on to the ninth spot. And again, I think this was probably a consensus for us, but I feel like we both kind of had a, we could be talked into the next few spots. Um, checking in at number nine is Chris's team. Yeah, this is this is one that we got really, really excited about last week. And obviously not having Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. Rob Gronkowski's gotten lost in this offense. Injuries. Yep. Very injury-plagued piece to it. Drew Lock down. Not mm-hmm. fun. Um, Perriman not great with it. Um, just, just not fun with it. Uh, Elliot, Elliot, and Hilaire are the highlights to this to this roster. And Cam Newton. And Cam Newton. Yep, he's shown that he's had the resurgence for part of it. McLaurin's been great, but not a great quarterback situation. T. Y. Hilton's kind of gotten lost in that offense. John Smith has emerged. Wolf Fuller's staying healthy, which is encouraging. Darius Slayton just hasn't had the the being fed as he needs to. Malcolm Brown, moments of shine, moments of, of not there. Great week one, but just nothing after that. Carry-on kind of is going to go on the decline, it looks like. Deion Lewis, maybe, eh, whatever. But it's – I wanted more. You know what I mean? Like, I, like yeah. I wanted more out of this team. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Chris's team, it's on paper got a pretty good to maybe even great starting lineup. Like, maybe you'd like one more flex position um, just to make things a little bit more viable. But, you know, the two running backs you mentioned are great. I mean, Cam Newton is awesome. Terry McLaurin, shitty quarterback or not, I mean, he's producing very, very well. Um, And Jonu Smith, we just mentioned, I mean, he's tight end three. That is awesome. Like, that is a big boon to have that advantage at tight end because a lot of people don't have good, you know, players at that position. And take or get fewer points and when you have that advantage it can really help um you know close the gap in some weaker areas flex positions though fuller slate and great i mean gronk like you mentioned just i don't know if they're saving him if this is just going to be his role if he's blocking a little bit more but he's not a great flex spot and jimmy garoppolo hopefully for chris's sake he plays this week otherwise he's going to be trading another third round pick for um, Brett Riprian or something. I don't know. But yeah, this this roster or this starting lineup is good to maybe even great. Um, he still has his first round draft pick coming up in 2021. So we'll see what Chris maybe wants to do. Maybe he thinks going for this year makes sense. Maybe he remains patient. And that's often the most difficult thing I think to do 
with a dynasty team to be patient. Um, so we'll see. I'm I'm really curious to see what Chris does. Yeah, I, and I I know you guys are sitting the other and going, hold on, guys, Dan, Dan Nick, stop for a second. Chris is three and three with 451 points. Yep. Right there, sitting in the fourth position, tied with two other teams as potentially being able to make the playoffs. And this is where he sits right now. And I think we're forgetting about the one other team that's one and five in this division that's 11 points behind him, which we go up one spot to Evan. And number eight, it's Adam's team. Great segue, Dan. You are becoming an expert. I'm, I'm trying to help you as much as I can without being just the douchebag on the other side that drinks too much and tries to be the comic relief. So, <laughs> Well, I feel like Adam's team and Chris's team are very, very similar. Yep. Um, and injuries galore and a great starting lineup on paper i mean for adam's team it's gonna start and end with patrick mahomes um best quarterback in the league i don't think there's any debate with that and he showed that on monday night Uh, when we look at the running backs it's this was i think supposed to be a strength for adam's team and austin eckler's delivered chris carson i think is mostly delivered Kenyon Drake has been among one of the most disappointing players in fantasy so far. I agree. He's still getting the, the workload, so we'll see if this is just a case of, you know, opponents, situations, bad luck. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, if you're Chris or if you're Adam, that's that's annoying because you, you expected Drake to – you expected to have three top ten running backs on your team, and right now you've got one for sure, another one that's injured, and – the other one's disappointing. Yep. And when we look at wide receivers, I mean, Julio Jones has been injured. I mean, Corey Davis has rebounded. But if Corey Davis is your wide receiver, too, you better be stacked at everywhere else. Yeah. And I'm not sure if Adam is. George Kittle, same thing. He's been injured. Justin Jefferson, talk about having a game yep. uh, last week. I mean, he maybe this is the this is the player that maybe Adam needs to step up for him. Because if he does... I mean, I mean, Neil Sanders, Miles Gaskins, or Gaskin, uh, Philip Rivers. I mean, we look at the depth or the bench. I mean, Adrian Peterson. That's a fine depth piece. Chris Carson might be out for a little bit. Um, who else? I mean, McCole Hardman. Oh, yeah, maybe Hardman he delivers. Like, yeah. OJ Howard has maybe had a little bit of a rebound. Offense. Just lost in a Tom Brady offense. Yeah. I mean, it was promising week one, and then week two, he did nothing. Ten points against Denver. I mean, that's okay, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think for Adam's team, he doesn't have a first-round pick the next two years. He needs Justin Jefferson, what we saw in week three, to be the reality. And he needs Julio Jones and George Kittle to be healthy. If yep, he gets I that, I think this is a team that can rebound. I, I won't say for sure make the playoffs, but I think – it's a better team than one and five. Yeah, it's, he's definitely a better than one and five team with part of this. But at the same point in time, it's one of those ones now where do you try and facilitate some additional pieces to rebuild a little bit? Having a guy like Austin Eckler, uh, a Chris Carson's, which what a rough injury to have for for that. Movable guys in these pieces um, is a Julio Jones worth worth a move in some of it? Um, you know, do you? I don't think you move him, Nicole Hardman. But I think you maybe look at an O.J. Howard to to move, maybe a Dalton Schultz with the production he's gotten out of the Dallas offense. Um, so, I mean, what if you're Adam, what are you like looking to move those guys for? I mean, some of those guys you mentioned are young players. Is, mm-hmm. is he looking for more proven talent? Do you think th- he should go I for? I don't think he's looking for proven 
talent. I think he's looking for how can I move to get better with some of it. And I don't think necessarily moving some of those guys, but maybe a, a Julio Jones, I think, would be on the top of his list to move for young young talent. I think that's a, that's a big win for that. Um, I mean, this is just a random thought, yeah, pulling it off the top of my head. You're a playoff team. Let's say Julio Jones comes back and you know looks great the next two weeks. Do you entertain Julio Jones for Tyler Boyd? You sacrifice some of the future, but you get a player that you're expecting will help you come playoff times. Is that kind of a move that, I mean, hopefully it makes sense for you, but is that type of move that if you're Adam, you're looking to do? I think anybody that understands what a Julio Jones brings to your offense is something that has to be entertained regardless of where you sit. If the price is right and it's going to help you compete and, and perform, yeah, you have to entertain that aspect of it. So and from Adam's perspective, I guess that's kind of what you'd be looking for to maybe get younger then? Uh, between that, maybe moving to Phillip Rivers. Yep. I oh, think yeah. Two guys that right off the top of my head that you can say, yep, these are two guys that I think I can I can move to, to recuperate some value. And what about the running backs? Does he just have to keep his three-headed monster, or do you think it might be wise to maybe cash out on a running back and get a safer position, or? I think you could look at it either way. Okay. Say, hey, I've got these guys are young and they're going to produce, but at the same point in time, I can try and charge an arm and a leg for a running back. Okay. For teams that are desperate to need it. You've got a guy, you, I know and... I'm not going to compete this year. Let me rebuild some capital and, you know, whether it's for youth or for, for draft and say this is what I can do. Let's keep these smooth transitions and go to our seventh team, who is in need of a running back, Mr. Yeah. Nick Ruth. Yep. Yeah, this is Minshew Mania. You mm-hmm. know, fantastic. Dak's been a fantastic quarterback. Yep. So two guys that you got to feel real good about that. And you still have Baker. And for as much as we give Baker shit. Um, He's going to have every chance to succeed. And, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland's yep. not going to move on from him. Travis Kelsey's an absolute freaking stud. Mm-hmm. It's a huge advantage. I mean, having an elite tight end in a tight end premium league is game-changing. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Can't think of any kind of better names from a volume perspective mm-hmm. with no Godwin and a young quarterback that you would be really excited to have. And Stefan Diggs might be the most excited after how we've seen Josh Allen perform this year. Yep. But you're right. We go into, we go into running backs. Joe Mixon, Devin Singletary. Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's quite the draft. Shield Bernard and hope the fuck that that the that they do something runs the ball. With it now Carlos Hyde gets an uptick with the with the with the injury out in Seattle. Right, that so, could be a huge boon for Nick. I mean, obviously injuries suck, but yep. for one or two weeks maybe Nick can capitalize on some fringe RB1 production. JJ Taylor got 11 carries. Now understanding that that was a Rex Burke had a dominant show with it but jj taylor got carries he's got john brown too so he's definitely invested into the my josh allen hype train (laughs) from the wide receiver perspective very much um but yeah the the running back situation is not overly great with zach moss obviously out helps that your devin singletary shares with it mixon's looked relatively decent from it not a great week last week against philly um you know, Jacksonville, Baltimore, Indy coming up for the next three weeks. Again, flashy in some areas, not flashy in others. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, when you look at this ranking, that's that's the issue. Um, missing, a, just not even having one flashy running back, I think 
when the season started, Nick thought that guy was going to be Mixon, and he still very well could be. But for right now, he and that whole Cincinnati run game is disappointing. Um, we saw that happen last year, and they were able to turn it around like about midway through the year. So hopefully that happens for Nick's sake, because if it doesn't, I mean, I don't know if when you look at this team with the last flex spot, you know, maybe the quarterback too, I don't know if it can succeed in the playoffs with those running backs. And let's... Let's no, no conti- transition here. Let's just no, on. let's just continue with the other Ruth and talk about Kevin's team. Yeah, uh, and I think this is where we, we hit on this earlier. You can't be excited about the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford's getting up there a little bit. Daniel Jones has has been rough at best. Sam Darnold's been fucking garbage. Uh, yeah, massive disappointment for Kevin with Sam Darnold. Um, eventually you get James White back, which I really like in that offense. Uh, mm-hmm. Left Bell being out. That kind of sucks a little bit with it. Devonta Freeman gets a little bit of an uptick. You move out of Saquon Barkley and end up with Devonta Freeman in a good situation. Pretty interesting uh, with it. Uh, Kenny Galladay obviously is a great stack to have. Robbie Anderson's turned a lot of heads. Derrick Henry obviously continues to be the man, the myth, and the legend. Young guys, J.K. Dobbins, Anthony McFarland got some got some work this weekend, which was encouraging to see. Um, outside of that. You kind of run out of names. Gasecki looked halfway decent. I mean, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, yeah, Brandon Ayuk. I missed that name. Thank you. Um, encouraging upside pieces. Um, you know, as, as we continue to go here, you find more and more exciting names. Yes, Calvin Ridley, number one piece there. Antonio Gibson's trying to continue to be the best guy out of the backfield with it. Um, but, again, not things where you're, you're overly confident that you're going to get a massive value week over week. Yeah, I mean, and for starters, they, when we look at the rankings for Kevin's team, this was probably the one that we were overly the most different on. Yep. Uh, the computers actually had Kevin all the way up at number four. Um, and I think the computers are maybe less um, prone to, I don't know, fluctuating rankings um, this early in the season. I think for Kevin's team, though, it really just comes down to the quarterbacks. Um, going into the season, you look at how these – everyone's thought of these quarterbacks i think you everyone thought you know matt stafford and you know daniel jones those guys both might be top 15 maybe even close to you know qb1 status um sam darnold maybe mid to low qb2 status unfortunately that hasn't been the case so if those guys can turn it around i think kevin's got great talent and depth at the other positions to be a very strong competitive team um i just I'm very skeptical that he's going to be able to do it at the quarterback position and turn it around. And that, at this point, where our league is at, quarterback is one of the most difficult spots to address. So Kevin's kind of forced to be stuck with these three guys, and for better or worse, um, unless he wants to blow it up. Um, so I don't think Kevin's going to blow it up. So we'll see how these three guys progress as the season goes on. Yeah, I, I agree. And that moves us into... Team number five here, where we move to Mr. Applehans with it, and it's, it's fun to look at here. Again, we've going back to the injury pieces with some of this. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's no Michael Thomas and no DJ Chark. Yep. Like, that's those are two massive, massive names that have major impacts in what you can produce right now that just aren't there. Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, two older QBs 
with a Ryan Tannehill in there. So feeling pretty good in the quarterback situation. Aaron Jones, stud. We talked about him earlier. Kareem Hunt's been great in the Cleveland offense, mm-hmm. eating into a little bit of the lion's share that Nick Chubb has. Landry commands attention. Juju Smith-Schuster had a great work. Noah Fant tight end number two right now, doing great things. A.J. Green's looked good coming back from injury. Deontay Johnson's looked fantastic. David Johnson's been eh with part of it. Uh, two games over 10 with it, game below 10. Depth-wise, Jalen Richard's been relatively decent in the spell back. Naheem Hines had a great week one. Javon Wims has been had had one really, really good week, not anything else outside of that. Um, caught, a rough Blake, caught a rough break with Blake Jarwin. There we go, Daniel. Figure your words out. Um, <laughs> Some exciting pieces, some some other pieces with it. But I think when we look at a, a starter perspective, we start to find the teams that are going to begin to pop. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I think when we look at Steve's team, for my money, this is the start of the teams that I think are contenders in the league. Um, I think Steve, I really like his starters and the depth that he has. Um, bye weeks are going to be starting soon, um, and... I think Steve is, you know, equipped to handle them. Um, I don't know. I really like Steve's team. I And the main reason I want to talk about depth, I mean, you mentioned DJ Chark and Michael Thomas. He has not had them for multiple weeks. Um, and he, I mean, he's 3-3, three and three, but he's I scoring a lot of points. Yep. The one thing I'll give Steve credit for, he's also said the most points scored against him, 491 points. The next closest team scoring to that is at 472. So almost 20 full points that Steve said scored against him. Yeah, I mean, that's... I take that back, 45, sorry. Those of us that can't read. (laughs) Good talk. Yeah, but I mean, I really like Steve's team. I think he, if he wants to make moves, he's got a wide range of players, some old vets that can help contending teams, and some younger guys that are very intriguing. Uh, one guy that you didn't mention that's kind of interesting is Logan Thomas. Um, he's transitioning from the – he was a quarterback, now he's a tight end, and he's been looking relatively okay. Um, so just something to monitor. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Steve's team yep. – Steve's team is solid. Yep, I, I agree. All right, let's go to the – Fab four, and at number four we'll talk about Zane's team. Uh, you can't go further than the quarterback position: Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and a young guy in Justin Herbert. Very, very promising pieces with an old savvy vet, a young up-and-coming guy whose only kryptonite seems to be the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> and a guy that has benefited from a misplaced needle to the chest. Fantastic. Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, two very young, studly running backs. DeAndre Hopkins commands target share. Odell Beckham shows is showing signs of life. Again, Evan Ingram's a great tight end. Tyler Lockett just came off a three-touchdown game. Jarek McKinnon had a fantastic outing, being the guy that is picking up for two injured running backs. Eh, Greg Ward I really don't care about. Uh, David Montgomery's young, great talent with it. Anthony Miller's been very consistent. Paris Campbell injured with part of that. That kind of sucks. Um, Van Jefferson, you're hoping that you get exciting things out of him. Dallas Goddard taking an injury kind of sucks. A lot of fun here. We start to move into the fun pieces to it. 
when you look at this starting lineup, you've got to be extremely excited from a studly performance top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else to add. I mean, you've got the quarterbacks, you have the running backs, you have DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, tight end is probably the weakest spot on this team, um, especially with Goddard going out. I mean, Ingram, that whole New York offense has been disappointing, and Ingram's right up there with everyone else. So if there's maybe a spot that Zane's a little concerned about, I think it might be that position. Um, But he's got a lot of depth, and... I mean, this is a contender. As long as, I mean, the only thing is Lamar Jackson. If he isn't that amazing, game-changing top-five quarterback that we saw last year, it does lower, I think, the ceiling of Zane's team a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, week one he looked great, but week two and three it was a little bit disappointing. Um, he's got Washington next week. And then Cincinnati and then Philly. I mean, those are three games that Lamar Jackson should score over like 85 points combined in those three weeks. So we'll know real quick if there's maybe cause for concern or this is just the case of him, you know, having an off week and then playing a tough team in Kansas City. Yeah. All right. Top three. And at number three, we're going to talk about your team, Dan. Excited that this is where I sit. I value what I have, but I'll let you go ahead and break it down. Yeah, so I mean, when you look at your team, it normally starts and stops with Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's been injured of late, but you have Mike Davis, and Mike Davis, he's no Christian McCaffrey, but he's getting work in the pass game, he's getting work in the rush game, and he's producing and doing it at an adequate job. Um, I don't think you could ask for anything more from a backup. Um, but that's not even the biggest surprise for your team it's it's josh allen josh allen right now is you know qb2 um he is dominating he's looking like a real life mvp candidate um we maybe thought initially that this was because of the opening schedule against the jets and the dolphins but what he did against the rams i think proves that this probably isn't a joke um mark ingram that's not the best running back too but you've got adam thielen tyler boyd um, Michael Gallup, who's maybe rebounding, Julian Edelman. Devontae Adams sucks that he was out. I mean, that's the guy that headlines your wide receiver core, but your your team is good enough that you're able to succeed without him, and your only really concern is that he's healthy for the long term because if you want to win anything, you need him to play. Yeah. And, I mean, three weeks ago it maybe wasn't a big concern, but you're – Quarter, your second quarterback maybe is starting to make you feel uneasy. Drew Brees is, I mean, I don't know if he's, I don't want to say the term washed, but he's been a little bit disappointing. Now, maybe that's because he hasn't had Michael Thomas and, you know, an elite wide receiver, maybe the best in the game. Um, but he hasn't been great. And Kirk Cousins, kind of similar. I mean, he did this last year. He was god-awful for the first month, and then he just lit the world on fire. So, Long term, you should be fine, but I think you got to be slightly concerned. Um, after that, I mean, you got some interesting depth pieces. I mean, Patrick, or excuse me, um, uh, Lin- Philip Lindsay has been out the past few weeks, but he should come back and be a nice one two punch with Melvin Gordon. Um, Gus Edwards, he always, I think, just looks decent when he plays for Baltimore. Um, I don't know if it'll ever transfer to. 
um, big-time fantasy production unless there's an injury, but he's always a nice guy to have. Kind of similar mindset when we're talking about Cole Beasley. Um, Austin Hooper, I mean, your bench is maybe a weak area as in general for you, but your starters are just so, so, so good. Um, I, did, I don't think I mentioned Hayden Hurst, but he's finally rebounding after not or I don't know. He's rebounding a little bit, and week two he showed us why he could be that maybe elite tight end in this Falcons offense. Um, very high floor. Go ahead. Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting. So it's, it's always interesting to look at your own team. Yep. So my biggest excitement, obviously, is in the Josh Allen piece to it. And the production you get out of Mike Davis when you don't have a top-tier guy like Christian McCaffrey. The excitement you get out of Adam Thielen and Tyler Boyd when you don't have Devontae Adams. Gallup has a good week. Edelman continues to be Edelman. But I get nervous when I get to the depth beaches, depth yeah. pieces. Cole Beasley, fantastic. That's great. But outside of that, I think the only other two relevant pieces are Austin Hooper and Jordan Aikens, but you can't rely on either of those two pieces. And it's very, very scary and very concerning as I continue to go through here. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at in 5-1, and one, second highest point scored in the league. But with that being said, it's yeah, great. I finished in the top six in scoring every week. I had one bad loss because I played Steve, who went absolutely batshit crazy with um, fucking Packers running back. Aaron I, Jones. Yeah, Aaron Jones. Fuck. Rough. But I'm excited with where I'm sitting right now with the game that I have lead on Steph and the two-game lead I have on Steve, Chris, and Kevin. But with that being said, I'm extremely nervous with the fact that I'm one injury away from being fucked. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely walking the fine line here. The depth isn't great. Mark Ingram isn't the most ideal running back, too. But outside of that, I mean, you've got a lot to be excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, And you still have your first-round pick. Um, If, for whatever reason, you need to maybe make a trade, make a move. You know, we talked about some of Armand's pieces, maybe that he needs to look to move. You guys connected once with Devontae Adams. Maybe that makes sense again for another move. But... um, You've got assets if you want to go for it, or even if you don't go for it this year, then come draft time, you'll be able to add a nice piece, hopefully, to this roster. So there's definitely some warts on this team, but make no mistake, this is one of the better teams in our league right now. Yeah, so let's move on to a better team than mine, and this is a (laughs) team that I just referenced right here. Nine points behind me in the division. Score had a really, really shitty week one, dropped 0-2, but he's reeled off a 4-0 piece after that, and that's Stefan. Yeah, the defending champ, I mean, he he's making moves, or he made moves all offseason. Like, he's not um, content with just winning one title. I think he wants to win, win multiple ones. And when you look at the foundation he has after some of these moves, it's hard to argue that he can't do it. Um, Tom Brady, he's getting up there in age, but he's still finding a way to produce. I mean, Jared Goff and Teddy Bridgewater... Those aren't amazing quarterbacks by any means, but I think they're solid to get the job done. You know, Kevin would kill for all three of those quarterbacks, for example. Um, But the thing is, you can have quarterbacks like that that aren't amazing when you have the depth that he has at the other positions. I mean, Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb, I don't know if there's a better one-two punch in the league than those two right now. Um, Tyree Kill is a top three wide receiver in fantasy. Devontae Parker, he's... Mr. Consistent, 
I mean, Zach Ertz, we mentioned, I mean, with Dallas being out for the next few weeks, it could be the Del- or the Zach Ertz show. Tyler Higby, he's not disappointing after the dominant last month of the season last year. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Melvin Gordon, I mean, those are, if you're relying on those guys to be your starter, you're in or you're starting like running back or wide receiver, you're in shit luck. But if you're start or relying on them to be your flex positions, you're in great position. Uh, when we go to the bench, I mean, Rex Burkhead, he's a Patriot running back, but he produced, I mean, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. It's not the most ideal backfield to have, but hey, you got both spots covered. Um, Cortland Sutton obviously got injured. I mean, I think this would have been a great player for Stefan's yeah. team, but... Oh, yeah. But this is a testament of how deep Stefan's team is that he's able to produce. Um, Golden T- Tate, uh, Tyler Eifert, I mean, Jimmy Graham, just rock-solid pieces um, for your bench. Um, bye weeks are going to be starting. I mean, who knows? Maybe COVID shenanigans now might be a thing. Um, but And Latavius Murray, I didn't even mention. Stefan has great starters, solid bench pieces. I mean... It's easy to see why he won it all last year, and he might be well on his way to repeating for a second title. Yep, I think when we talk about going back to the intro song with a little down to the sickness, this is a guy that's got everything covered. Yep. Um, there's not when you look at a position, you're not saying, "All right, so heaven forbid Zach Ertz goes down, where do I turn to?" Well, you've got Jimmy Graham who showed up. You got Tyler Eifert, great depth. With it, yep. Cortland Sutton missing out sucks. Keelan Cole's been fantastic in the in the Jacksonville offense with it. Uh, Tyrell Williams goes down. That sucks. Um, you, but yeah, you, like you said, Burkhead. You own the you own the Tampa Bay backfield. What amazing depth that goes here. And you've got to continue to feel good after laying a goose or laying an egg in Week One to coming back and turn around to reeling four and zero. You're turning into one of the juicier portions of the of the spin in the in the rosters and the matchups. Yeah, you've got to feel good if you're staffing and moving along. Absolutely. Um, and that brings us to the current top ranked team. The only team that's six and zero, the highest scoring team in the league, um, and that's me, I guess. <laughs> you, you twenty seven points up, so you've got to be feeling good. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. How many more? What other names can you say? I'm going to build a franchise around. Let me pick three names around this. Understanding that I don't get Patrick Mahomes. With that, three great names that you want to have. Dalvin Cook's been everything shy of greatness. With it, James Conner's probably. I mean. Still a stud with it. Two, two, two weeks over 20 points, one week under four with it. Allen Robinson's been peppered. Robert Woods has been great. Darren Waller's been the highlight of the entire world. Mark Andrews, you're starting two tight ends in a tight end premium league. You can't ask for much more in there. Depth-wise, you know, Nikhil Harry's fantastic. Uh, Jared Cook's been great. TJ Hawkinson's fantastic. Your tight end depth is fucking stupid. Scotty Miller's the new Wes Welker. Um, I'm going to say it there now with it. Um, running back-wise, Daryl Henderson, yep. Nothing, in, nothing, literally nothing in week one. And then two games over at 19 points is fantastic. You only Sony Michelle. You have Raheem Mostert, who sucks that, that got injured. You've got to be feeling good, man. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, outside of the Raheem Mostert and I guess Jamison Crowder have been very healthy, but... I've, I really like my depth. Um, I thought that was going to be play a bigger role, and it has just because of injuries, but I thought COVID was going to be more of a thing. But, yeah, I mean, so far, it's. I mean, I can't really complain. <laughs> um, I'm 
make it's hard to make the wrong call with how much depth I have right now, so that's a good thing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean a thing if you ain't got that ring. So let's hope I can continue um, to produce. I mean, I should. I'm gonna make the playoffs. You know, sorry for everyone in the <laughs> Justice League that hates our division, okay, but I'm going yep. to. I, I, could, I can I can say that for five other, if not six other teams, where we say fuck you. Yep. Nope. That's completely fair. But I'm gonna make the playoffs. So now it's a question of what can I do in the playoffs. Um, right now things look good, but there's a lot of football to be played and. There's going to be a lot of injuries. I know for a fact there's going to be a lot of trades that people are going to do. Um, no one's going to roll over and not try to compete and win. And just because right now things look good doesn't mean they can't change quickly. Yeah, but in the event that somebody did want to roll over, Stefan, Steve, Chris, and Kevin, you are very much encouraged to do so. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Let's just jump in, I guess. favorite week. Everybody's favorite portion of the podcast. The matchups. Pick them. The pick so, Last week, just to recap here, yep. I went 6-0. and oh, You went 5-1 and because uh-huh. we only differed on one matchup, and it was the matchup of the week. I took Kevin. You took Steve. You jinxed Steve. I gave Kevin blessings. Fantastic. Through three weeks, overall standings, I'm 13-5. and five, You're 12-6. and six. Overall, we're doing pretty well here. And I think as we look at this week's matchups, we might see a lot of the same things. I, at least to start off, it's going to be very similar. Yeah, the um, first three we're going to pick here are going to be pretty good. Yep, let's. I mean, let's just get the easy ones out of the way. Um, I'm going to be going up against Armand. Ah, uh, weird. Yeah, it's. Sorry, Armand. It's not going to be close. Yeah. Um, Nick Ruth versus Jerry. Uh, Ruth. <laughs> Zane versus Sam. Ah, uh, Zane. All right, if you had to pick one team that would pull an upset between these first three matchups, who are you going to pick? Uh, I would pick Sam to upset Zane, as okay. much as that pains me. I, when you look at the other two, I don't see the talent and the excitement in the in the Jerry and Armand pieces that go with it. Yep. And I, I, I understand that Sam's got said. a more rounded roster. Yeah, correct. And it's not that Zane doesn't have the good matchups that saying we didn't put at number four in the in the power rankings sam's just a better team from some of these aspects of it i agree with that um all right well oh look at we got rid of all the fucking ones that are in the marvel division how shitty is that let's move yeah. on to the fucking tough division all right and let's talk about the first matchup um which you will handle and that was going to be kevin versus chris yeah kevin and chris now this is a fun little app rough here. Stafford against New Orleans. Gotta feel good about that for Kevin. Todd Gurley mm-hmm. against Green Bay. Gotta feel good. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where you stop for the feel-good matchups. Let's go over to what Chris feels good about. Hmm. Not great overall with that. What McLaurin's going, against, going, going up against Baltimore. Not good. Edwards Hilaire is going up against New England. Now, that could be a very favorable matchup if Bill Belichick says, I'm not going to go through and mess with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is you can't stop Patrick Mahomes. I firmly believe you can't actually stop him with it. Uh, Dallas has Cleveland. I like Kevin. So... I initially liked Kevin, but I'm a little bit scared. I mean, I think the game's going to happen, but Tennessee now getting all thrown off 
not being able to practice this week, going up against a tough defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think is worrisome if I'm Kevin. I thought this matchup was already going to be close to begin with. So it's going to be an upset maybe, but I'm going to take Chris. We differ again here. Yeah, I think the the contingency plan is very interesting. They're going to shut them down till Saturday. If they don't yep. feel like they have enough time, they're going to move them to Monday to play the game. Yep. But is that actually going to happen? And how do these pieces play if that game gets shut down, we get an extra bye week, and what all happens here? Yeah, it's going to be hell. I mean, both – I mean, Kevin's Kevin's team – Kevin has to be prepared for that. Yep. Um, and one thing we already see, he's already got um, – he, he's already got Henry in the flex spot. So he's well prepared if he needs to make some quick adjustments. Yep. Um, all right, let's go on to the next matchup, and that's going to be you versus Adam. Um for Adam's team, I mean, you hate to say it's a must-win. I don't know if it is this early, but at 1-5, I mean, I don't know if Adam can afford to lose any ground. Um, so let's let's look at your team. I mean, no McCaffrey this week, but you got Josh Allen, um, Mike Davis, who filled in admirable, admirably, um, Mark Ingram, who, you know, we've, we've mentioned him his name a lot. Good, not great. Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd, those are both awesome players with very good matchups. Hayden Hurst, um, primetime, should be a maybe high-scoring affair. Michael Gallup, he started off a little bit slow, but it's coming up on, coming hot, coming in hot of late. Um, and then we've got our boy Julian Edelman, Devontae Adams. Is he good to go? We're still unsure. It's, okay. It's, I have him in there as this is the best matchup for me. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't pan out, it's what's plan B. Right. And plan B is a little bit dicey. And then, of course, you got Drew Brees, you know, going up against Detroit. That should be a very good matchup. When we look at your starting lineup, I mean, unless there's a late scratch, I think that's your lineup and, you know, hook, line, and sink, you're done. Uh, when we go over to Adam's team, I mean, it starts with Patrick Mahomes. Um, not many teams can slow Patrick Mahomes down, yes. But one team that has done it in the past is the can or is the New England Patriots. Not saying it's going to happen this weekend, but that's something to monitor. Um, Austin Eckler against Tampa Bay, that is a tough matchup. Kenyon Drake, if there's ever a week that he's going to rebound and be an RB1, it's going to be this week against Carolina. Corey Davis against Pittsburgh, that's pretty tough. I mean, Julio Jones, hopefully he plays. George Kittle, same thing against Philly. If they play, those are two solid matchups. I mean, he's rolling with the rookie, Justin Jefferson, after the dominant seven-catch, 175-yard, one-touchdown game. Um, he's probably not going to be that good again, but against Houston and their poor secondary, he might not be that far off. Emilio Sanders, um, excuse me, Emmanuel Sanders came alive, um, and it gets another good matchup against Detroit. Um, we'll see if Michael Thomas plays or not, because it might be the Sanders show again. Uh Miles Gaskin is the one running back I don't think we're talking about that is getting, um, I don't know, workhorse, workhorse workload. Um, and Phillip Rivers does not have the best matchup against the Chicago Bears, um, but Adam doesn't have any other options for his quarterback. Um, when we look at his bench spot, I mean, Chris Carson, I think, is the big question mark. Does he actually play this week? It sounds like he's going to be out, but that's something to monitor. Um, and then, I mean, maybe McCall Hardman, he considers against New England. Um, Hardman is, Hardman's very tricky. 
because um, his yeah, it seems like whenever he touches the ball, good things happen. But for whatever reason, the Chiefs just don't give him the ball that often. So I can't fault Adam for not starting him, but maybe maybe that's something that Adam can consider. Before I make my pick, Dan, is there anything you want to add? No, I think when we look at Adam's roster, it's the two big question marks are your two biggest players, Julio Jones and George Kittle. Yep. And where do you fall back with some of those things? And it's the same thing on my end. We're saying you already don't have Christian McCaffrey, and Devontae Adams is a big question mark. And this is two massive names that we're going to have to worry about with it. And we look at some of the some of the other pieces, the matchups with it. I think you covered a lot of the good pieces with it. Um, I think this is closer than what projections say. Yeah, and I think one thing to add about Julio Jones and George Kittle, both these guys are playing in prime time. George Kittle's going Sunday night. Julio Jones is going Monday night. You um, can't feel good about that. You cannot feel good at all. I mean, I don't even know if um adam has like a viable backup for those guys going in the flex spot like those nights i'm looking through his roster quick and he is john hightower that's a backup who's that that's the rookie for the philadelphia eagles and he's got jay sternberger going monday night tight end for the packers so i mean that's a noticeable drop off if he gets a late scratch I think because of that uncertainty, if you told me both those players were 100% healthy and good to go, I would take Adam. But the uncertainty, I don't like. So I'm going to go with you. Yeah, I think I think that's you hit the piece that I was going to talk about. It's, I have just Devontae Adams to worry about. He yep. has more than just Devontae Adams. And that gives me a slight advantage to panic and go from there. So I'm going to take me in this matchup as well. All right. And that brings us to the granddaddy of them all, the matchup of the week. The two S's, Steve versus Stefan. Break it down for us, matchup. Dan. This really should be a fun matchup. Um, I'm getting it pulled up right now. Projections have it as a 13-point advantage, but I don't think it's that far apart. I agree. Brady looks good. Kamara's got a very, very favorable matchup against Detroit. Aaron Jones has a little tough sledding against Atlanta, which, again, tough sledding, as I say, with air quotes on my side of things. Tyree killed great. Jarvis Landry looks great. A lot of pieces on on Steve's side with Kareem Hutt and Jarvis Landry, but then you've got Nick Chubb. It's which guy is going to get the bigger end of the bargain here. Melvin Gordon goes Thursday night, short week against the Jets. I don't know about you, but I never feel good about having a guy go Thursday night. No, and especially in what's looking like the most boring matchup in the history of Thursday night games. But at this point in time, he's playing the Jets, so you've got to feel really good about the fact that Melvin Gordon's playing against the Jets. We're probably not going to have Philip Lindsay, so you've got to feel good there. Goff against the Giants, great. Roethlisberger has a tough matchup against Tennessee. With it, I think there's a lot of fun in this matchup. I've used fun a couple times today. I'm also a couple cocktails into the evening. (laughs) <laughs> so I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Um, Ertz, rough matchup against San Francisco. Fant, great matchup against the Jets here. Coming up, um, I'll let you go ahead and weigh in before we make our matchup of the week projections. Yeah, I mean, so when you look at, I, I like to look at and see if maybe there's any starting lineup changes that maybe to be made for Stefan's team, I think it's all pretty cut and dry. I can't imagine making a change. Um, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, you start over Tom Brady just because of the matchup. Um, I know that might be blasphemous, but 
that's about the only one I think you could justify from Stefan's side. From Steve's side, AJ Green's a bit of an enigma because he's getting like a lot of the raw targets and stuff like that, but he's not doing anything with it. Jacksonville might be a good matchup to rebound and maybe get his first touchdown of the year. But if you don't go with AJ Green, I mean, obviously, if Michael Thomas plays, he's starting him. I mean, DJ Chark, he's probably starting him if he starts. And then, I mean, he's got, you know, I mentioned the Logan Thomas against Baltimore. Um, it's not a great matchup, but it's maybe something to consider. Um, but AJ Green, that's kind of the big question mark, I think, with Steve's team. Um, is he going to turn it around and start doing something with the, the raw targets that he's getting? Um, yeah, I think it also comes down to, does Michael Thomas play? I don't yeah. think we're going to be around in time to see that DJ Chark's going to get around. So it's, does Michael Thomas play? If Michael Thomas plays here, mm-hmm. are we replacing David Johnson or Deontay Johnson or A.J. Green? Yeah, I mean, I, for me, if it was me, I think you have to replace A.J. Green. Um, but DeAndre Johnson could be another one sitting out. He's in concussion protocol. Um, he was looking good the first two games of the year um, and unfortunately had an early concussion exit last Sunday. So that's something to monitor. But for me, I think you sit A.J. Green and you start Michael Thomas. Um, but if D.J. Chark has started, you know, who's the second guy you bench? Or is, does he stay on the bench? And do you agree with the A.J. Green? I agree with the A.J. Green 100,000%. Okay. So D.J. Chark is starting. Who, I mean... Deontay Johnson's out. Okay. I think I like David Johnson a little bit better against the matchup against Minnesota's run defense than I do against Tennessee's pass defense. All right. I mean... What would you say? I... It's hard to argue with that. I think one guy we kind of glossed over that I think... I'm curious, Jarvis Landry, he hasn't been, you but he's know. such a red zone hog. He is, but, I mean, <laughs> the red zone hog on this Cleveland Browns team this year is named Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. True. So, I mean, Jarvis Landry is kind of like A.J. Green in the sense that mm-hmm. he gets, like, the targets, he gets, like, the workload, but so far in the year he hasn't done anything with it. And sometimes fortune favors the bold, and you got to make that risk. And maybe starting DJ Chark over Landry is the right call. Um, I think if that was me, that would probably be the move I would do. So I would bench probably Landry and Green for Michael Thomas and DJ Chark, and then roll with David Johnson and Deontay Johnson. Depending everybody's healthy. But... So with all that said, um, I'm expecting DJ Chark will play. I don't think Michael Thomas will mostly because of the matchup and that they have against the Detroit Lions. Um, with that said, though, Stefan's team is just rolling right now. I've got to take the champ here. Um, Steve's team's going to keep it close. It's going to be much closer than the 15-point deficit indicates right now, but i got to go with Stefan's team. I think that we spent more time debating over which player Steve has to play. It means that I'm going to go with Stefan's team as it's the more clear-cut, decisive. This is my method to victory route. Um, so I'll take Stefan as well. So only one differential, only one differential pick this week. Um, we had the same the last week. Yep. I beat you there. Let's see if you can even the score this week. And it involves Kevin again. I know. This is where it sucks. God damn it, Kevin. 
It always does. All right. Well, that was the podcast for the week. Um, hopefully, I mean, everyone be aware with the COVID stuff. Yes. Um, there are going to be, it hasn't happened yet, but there are going to be late minutes, like changes that happen with players starting, not starting, getting pulled from lineups. So be prepared because if a situation does happen and you were asleep, you weren't paying attention, there's going to be no adjustments. Yep. So be on guard. Yep. Take care of your take care of your roster positions and make sure you understand where your shit's going to go in, where your players have to go, where your contingency plans are. And I believe Hunger Games said this, may the odds be ever in your favor. I'll drink to that. Have a good one, all.